This is the port version of Say What's the Podcast about soul and funk. Sound effects, levels, and headlines are not yet fully customized for this format. We hope for your understanding and that you will enjoy the show. Taxi! Say what again! Say what again! I What he's saying. Welcome to Say What, the Shonen Funk Pod and Podcast. It's about the musical legacy of the legends and the exploration of upcoming artists. Are we ready? Is everything set? <laughs> All rolling. set. Rolling, rolling. Okay. Warm welcome everyone to Say What, the Soul and Funk cast. It's a kind of special episode today, mainly because it's the first one ever. So it's, it's the premiere. Wow, that's cool. But it's also special because we got some special guests, right? <laughs> Tell us about it, Douglas. Absolutely. It's massive. It's massive. It's massive, yeah. We have uh, <laughs> long interviews, almost two hours long. Oh, that's long. That's long. But now it's reduced to nine minutes. And uh, we call it speed date. No, speed, speed date? cast. Is it a dating? Is it a dating now? site? No, it's oh. no, it's not. Speed cast. It's called. Wow. Okay, speed cast. <laughs> this is interesting. So, Joachim, <laughs> please tell us about who we're going to speed date cast this episode. Well, this will be hectic. So uh, fasten your seatbelts and hold on to your wigs because. Uh, <laughs> We have uh, interviews with award-winning band from France, uh, the big band Electro Deluxe, and uh, there's also an interview with uh, Garrett Scheider, the P-Funk legend uh, from Parliament Funkadelic. We also have an interview uh, with Lino Etia, one of uh, Melbourne, Australia's uh, first street dance cruise and uh, yeah that's so we got australia we got france united states wow that's quite impressive (laughs) sorry and we got a show to do so okay let's stay here in addition to all of this we have uh, upcoming surprises interviews with uh, legendary soul and funk artists and and we hope to introduce you or just inform you more about new and upcoming artists as well. Yeah, there are a few very cool names upcoming. Definitely. Yeah. But um, Joachim, I think about, is, is this a pod? Is it a, a VOD? Is it a YouTube? Is it a movie? Couldn't it be a movie? I would love to be in a movie. Or is it, what do we call this? Well, we like music itself. Uh, Set no limit. In its essence, it's about the legends and the exploration of upcoming artists. I think we have to give some kind of deeper presentation than that, right? Of course. So you, Kim, question. You like, uh, or you are a former prof- professional dancer. 
but you also have a passion for skateboarding. How do you combine that? That's no problem at all. So wow. Douglas, you're both a DJ and a chef. Mm -hmm. How do you combine that? No problem at all. It's my daily routine. Give it up. <laughs> Michael, you are a therapist and you used to work as a um, journalist. How do you combine that? Well, that's the most natural thing you could do. It's, it's no problem whatsoever. It's, I would say it's easy peasy actually. You just have a look. Okay. Welcome, James. Please, please, please. Please tell me about yourself, your ambitions. My ambition was to eat. We're very hungry. Okay. So, first out will be the speed cast of uh, Electro Deluxe. Next year, 2021, they will celebrate their 20th year as a band. And uh, we had a long interview with their lead singer, James Copley. Wow. So, here's the short Electro Deluxe speed cast. Mm -hmm. So, put your headphones on. And listen to a um, fantastic, soulful, funky, big band orchestra with real musicians. New pain, new game. Now I'm gonna make you pay. Show you what we roll about. Oh yeah. <laughs> there we go. Finally. Wow. Nice glasses, dude. Yeah, I like those. <laughs> Normally in 2021, mm -hmm. uh, we're going to celebrate our 20th anniversary. I know wow. we look much younger than that, but uh, we're going to celebrate our 20th anniversary in Paris with one of our big Parisian shows. And when we wow. play in Paris, it's like, I don't know. It's like PSG playing at the Stade de France. It's like, wow. it's a home match. There's so many different types of soul music, um, and we we just try to make music that makes us happy, that makes us dance, that makes us excited about playing every night, that makes us want to maybe provoke people a little bit, maybe laugh a little bit. Before there was hip hop, there was dance. 
Before there was jazz, there was blues. And before the blues, we was happy. Is everybody happy? Sometimes it's like a boxing match. You kind of feel each other out the first first couple of songs. You say, okay, where are these people coming? How they feel tonight? You know, am I going to have to provoke them? Am I going to have to caress them? Am I going to have to seduce them? You know, what's, what's the matter? And in that way, we approach every night differently because we are a live band. We are known for being on the road all year long. And, uh, and that's what we do best. It's about meaning. It's about yes. You're not. You're not singing. For, yeah. The, he, he wasn't playing for money. He wasn't playing for fame or anything. He was playing for a feeling, hmm. and maybe he thought he was communicating with the angels in his, you know, in his proper way, wow. and trying to get others to open up their minds in, in a spiritual realm, which. So much music has been influenced by that. So yes, that obviously uh, influenced, if you want to say my my stage presence, probably quite a bit. You put your hands on your hips and a kiss on your lips and do your little daddy like this. Round and round and round she goes. How she shakes and nobody knows. Shake your hips and twist with me. You just don't It's kind of unique the things that you're doing, and and I don't want to talk down the, the contemporary uh, music industry of today. But you have a horn session, you have real musicians, you have the saxophone. Yeah. It's like it's not that common. Uh, oh no, no, we find ourselves sometimes that because uh, you know we'll do the we'll do the jazz festival circuit, but we also find ourselves at the big pop festivals as well. And there are times when we are the only musicians for the day at the festival. I've, the, the one artist I've probably seen more than anybody is Prince. I've seen Prince, uh, I don't know, maybe 15 times. Wow. Uh, in America, I've seen him in, I've seen him play in Bercy in, in Paris. Mm. Uh, the last time I saw him was at the O2 in London when he did the 21 straight nights in a row. Wow. I was there for the last night. Wow. In London as well. I was at a couple of shows there, and and, uh, and I remember the one with Amy Winehouse at the After Show Club. It was, it wasn't expected. You were there for the last night, then. I was there for the last night, yes. And we, we oh. were there, and she, prob 
and the lights went off and it, there, there they were, Prince and Amy on the stage. It's like, yeah. it's happening. Um, yeah, yeah. And I actually, what's, what's crazy is I met her. Tell us about it. What? what? Uh, well, what I don't, uh, this, this is like my only people's story, you know? Well, I've, and we're just making small talk and it's like yeah i read a really great article on you the french press and her assistant he can't figure out the phone because it's like one of these old crappy like blackberry phones yeah and she's like dude are you gonna take the picture or what and i looked at him i was like take your time man take your time and she just started giggling i was like we're okay here aren't we she's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my stories, the sound, the passion, it's fantastic. And there is more, much, much more, and you will mm. get lots, tons of more in the upcoming episodes. But first of all, a word from our sponsors, Global Sounds, ladies and gentlemen. Global Sound is about to release a brand new webpage. And with that, we have the new Karma Pack 2.0 ready for purchase. Lots of new sounds and several with an oriental desert feel. Go to www.globalsound.se. And now we travel from Paris to Washington to meet one of the most colorful heroes to the legendary P-Funk collective, Parliament Funkadelic. He has had Josh Clinton as a babysitter. For real. Uh, he also was on stage as a four-year-old. He is the son of Gary Scheider, who along with Jimi Hendrix, Carlos Santana, Eric Clapton, Eddie Hazel, etc. is one of history's foremost guitarists. Yo, man, this is Garrett Scheider, a.k.a. Starchild Jr. of the Parliament Funkadelics. And I'm on Say What? So if you know anything about Insane Clown Posse and their fan base, mm -hmm. their fans are like what you call like the dregs, the dregs of the world or some shit like that. And they're like proud of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like some total outlaw shit, right? Wow. And this festival caters to it. It's like the, you know what I mean? It, it, it's like if you ever wanted to go like to the most like spookiest, like kind of gothic, evil kind of circus, yeah, that's what this, scary place. this yeah. festival is. And their fans, they're rough. Like if they're not feeling you, they're throwing Fago at you and throwing sodas oh and throwing You have to be you. in your toes there, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, it was that, right? Yeah. So this is my first, you know, callback. Now I'm in the band and I, all right, we back together. So this is the first show. Get there. 
and uh i'm backstage now and i you know like i said it was six, it was this huge band six guitars you know when i just was hit with him right so now you know i'm here I was go by and it's getting a little closer to this time for us to go on and I'm noticing that you know I don't really see anybody George shows up late you know he gets there and I see him I was like what's up Joy he said how you doing he said you got your guitar and I was like nah <laughs> and he was like can you bring your guitar no and I was like you didn't tell me that that's what you wanted me to do. I didn't know that's what you wanted me to do. I thought you was just going to have me singing, right? So he was just like, yeah, like, all right, don't worry about it. You know, we went out there and this was, th and it was this show, the Gathering of the Juggalos, where the fans, if they don't like you, they're going to let you know. It was this show that he chose to kind of do one of his band transitions. And, you know, nobody really knows when he's going to do these things. You know, we just all show up like we usually do. But then you get there and you start seeing someone new or seeing people missing. You know what I mean? And that's just what it is. And then when he gets there, he's like, natural evolution. yeah, he's like, yep, this is what it is. Roll with it. Y'all got this. You know what I mean? And that's essentially how they come together. So. You know, he would just physically be so agitated, man, that it would just make you like, oh, no, you know, it would just make you gun shy. You didn't even want to let Every arrow, yeah? <laughs> yeah, but now, <laughs> okay. But I, so I guess now, also, Garrett, it must be a, a proof that to be able to learn under those circumstances and play on that level, I mean, that that's kind of somehow like, wow. I don't know anyone who would even manage to do that, but it's also proof of your talent. That is, man, I'm able. Uh, if anything, it's it's truth. It's proof of my grit. <laughs> when, I, when I when I say I'm gonna get something done, I'm gonna get that shit done, and I rarely get wow. too discouraged. But I'm telling you, that was one of the hardest things in my life.
no, constant it, testing of you. It's like, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what this is, man. These cats are, you know, they're the best that ever did it. And I want to be up here with them. So, you know, uh, it, it was all good when I was, you know, little nephew running around here. But now if you're going to stand up here with us, you got to hold your weight. You know what I mean? Or we're, And we're going to hold you accountable just like we do everybody. You know, so why should I be any different? You know, and as hard as it was, and sometimes it was it was to the point where, you know, it was a little much. to make sure that I do is to show that side of myself. You know what I mean? Show my own, you know, I want I like to show my own abilities now. Put all my own licks out there. And and a lot of those licks I can't even really claim them. You know what I mean? I, I've been hearing these licks all my fucking life. So you know what I mean? Actually, like he was like right next to me or like right in front of me with a bunch of security around him and you know and someone I can remember someone like Francis they go Prince they go Prince and I was like kind of looking right over him and was like oh you know what I'm saying that's about the as close and you know I've ever been to Prince Wow, great, Michael. I know that interview contains countless exciting stories, right? Yeah, we have just only scratched a little bit on the surface. There's so many stories below and anecdotes and stuff like that on the life on the road, but also in the slow evolution of the new generation P-Funk with uh, how, the, how George Clinton's grandchildren take over the, the whole movement. Mm -hmm. and it's, wow, it's so many interesting developments and stories there. Definitely. And now, instead of checking out and looking forward, we, we're gonna go, go back a couple of years. We're actually gonna go back to the early 80s, right? At the time when MTV was just about to start. A time before the concept of hip-hop was even invented. We actually talk about the years when I was born. So I guess I'll leave this to you, Joachim. It was the time when the most in innovative dance moves that evolved in the 60s and 70s, mainly in the soul R&B funk music community, found its way out on the streets of the United States. A new youth culture was uh, created and that spread around the world like wildfire. Breaking, popping, locking, rap, DJing, sampling, scratching and graffiti. 
Lino Estia, whose dance company is found in Australia's Hall of Fame, was one of the first to help color or shape Australia in this new American cultural movement. We will get to hear the stories from the time before the internet, as well as Lino's multifaceted 40-year journey as an artist. Okay, well, I basically started in 1981, 82, right, near the end of 81. Now, breakdancing was just coming out, right, and it was massive in the in American United States, and, you know, I was going to school at the time, but then I didn't really like school, so then I was dancing a lot at school already. That was my... That was my education. I was dancing. Instead of doing homework, you were dancing. Instead of doing homework, I was always dancing, right? We, so we, we formed, we got together, we did this, and then suddenly this, the, the craze started hitting and kids started coming from everywhere. People weren't going to school. And the best part about back in the 1980s is I think that was the best era ever and you had to be there to be in it because the best thing about that no one was doing any drugs no one was doing any killings no one was doing any violence the violence was our dancing that was it it was fun so there was He goes, I want to be your manager. So we were the first ones to have a manager, right? Wow. Not as kids, it was all fun. It was like, wow, wow, we got a manager. You know, wow, we're excited. But we didn't know what was in it. So basically he managed us. And then we had television shows like, um, it was like Hey Hate Saturday, you know, which was one of the biggest television, uh, television shows here. Yeah, it exploded. All yeah. It, was it, a it exploded. summer we learned like the first lines of the message don't push me i'm close to the yeah you know and punk rock wasn't uh, yeah. really about anarchy it was just yeah exactly <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> matthew mclaren was more into that than anything yeah else. <laughs> yeah, so it was a smart man. He did, he was, yeah, he as was. they say, it, it's all about timing. He had the yeah. timing. Yeah. He got it right on, you know.
the typical 90s uh, kind of street dancing, yeah. Typical, you know, and, and, and they had the New Jack Swing in there with them, you know what I mean? And which is funny watching Prince because Prince was like, you know, he'd go through the phases, you know, but it was smart because he was getting, he was using the tools that what's in, he'll get, you know what I mean? And then he'd incorporate into his show, which made him like, it's today, you know what I mean? And that's, that's the thing that was amazing with Prince. And like, Michael, you watch, you watch Damon, Kurt and, and, and Tony, they basically, they come back, their, their little background is like from, you know, doing the breakdown, the rapping, the popping and all that sort of stuff. And you see it in their routines, they do it. And then Prince joins in and does his little thing. But, you know, and which works well because he knew what to take and what not to take and when to use it and leave it to these guys to do those little tricks. And then he'll come in and do his splits with them and come back up. They'll throw him and then they're off, they're doing their movements. You know what I mean? But then... That's, that's the way he was, it was evolving like that. He was evolving with, for me, as, as, as a dancer, but he was evolving with what was going on. And then he thought, you know what? I've got a bit of that breakdance. I've got a bit of that, you know. Now I need a bit of that, you know, a, little, a bit more, a little bit of jazz with Maite where she was doing all her spins and she came out with all her different things. And it just incorporated the whole, the whole thing, you know what I mean? It became like a big show. And he was smart, you know. He was smart in that way. And, but, but that's his... For me as an artist, that's why I love him so much is because he's, he's ahead. He thinks so, woof, you know, like you don't think now. He thinks, what's going to happen tomorrow? You know, what's, he's, he's way ahead of that. He's ready for that. Influenced by James Brown and all the 60s, 70s dancing that was going Spot around. On. Spot but on. He, he did his own take on it. Yeah, exactly. Way. And, yeah. Um, and uh, he kept that through all the years. So right through. So his mime thing with the records and the drinking and whatever, picking up That's the it. record. Putting on the yeah, table. yeah. He's funny. And He's funny. That. Yeah, and, uh, he did a lot of illusions. As times pr progresses, he, he lets dancers do like the new dance moves. That's he it. He follows along a little bit, but, but he lets the dancers. He lets them do it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. So. And then I, I stood up and then next minute, Prince stopped playing. And I was like, whoa, you know, I'm in trouble. There's something going to happen now. Prince hopped off his piano. He came straight to me and we were like this, we're that close, like that. He looked down and I was like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? And then I said... the snare you know the clap bang you know we've got that you know it's in there so that's the vibe like that's what that's what i try and do with our originals to sneak in that princey thing 
because yeah. that's that's what I, I want. No one's doing it like that out here. So that's why I really wanted to sneak it in. So I'll send it to you so you can hear it. And wow, thank you very much. So that's it. You, Michael. What did Lino actually tell Prince? What Lino told Prince? Yes. Well, actually, he told him that... Say what? What? He told Prince that... Say what? What? Say what? In the upcoming episodes, the legendary saxophone player Eric Leeds. And always by foremost funky artist, producer, musician, you name it, Peter Aldar. And from Stockholm, Sweden, funk explosion with the Neon Romeos, who by the way provided us with the following teaser. Greetings, you are listening to the sounds of the Neon Romeos. Say what? Podcast. What? What? Something together, cut something together.